All right, so a huge thank you to Nate Kish for hopping aboard. Uh, Nate is with the Academy at DC United, um, formerly with FC Cincinnati and just a wealth of experience in um, the professional space and then the youth, the youth space within it. Uh, he also has a consulting business for college soccer recruiting, uh, which he can talk about later. But um, what we're going to do is a little bit different than other nights. I'm going to run the meeting myself, and Nate is going to hop on and answer questions throughout. So if you have a question that you personally want answered that you have not yet sent to me via email or text, the best way would be to hop into the chat feature of the Zoom call itself and start typing it in. Uh, and then I will go through the questions that I have already received. And then anything that comes through, feel free to fire it out during the meeting itself, guys. Um, and I will just run the meeting and we'll get through as many questions as we can in, uh, in the time that Nate has uh, made himself available to us. So please take advantage of it. We're very excited to have him. Uh, so thanks, Nate, for hopping aboard. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. So the first question I received before the meeting started is if you could walk us through your best practices for getting recruited by colleges. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think um, it's a little different kind of where you're at, obviously, in the, uh, in the recruiting cycle. So are you a freshman? Are you a sophomore? Are you a junior? Are you a senior? Uh, I think that's always the, the big one to pay attention to. And um, I think that a big thing for, for, uh, players to remember is that there's zero restrictions against you as a player you can, you know, you can reach out to anybody you want. You can email anybody you want. You can visit a campus whenever you want. And there's nobody who's going to be able to say you're breaking a rule yourself. Uh, the restrictions and the rules come against coaches, you know, come against uh, coaching staffs and administrators. So uh, keeping that in mind, when you talk about best practices, I think, um, some of the best things you can do are just researching. So, you know, doing your research to think about what you are looking for in a school. So doing that research behind the scenes, having conversations with family, uh, kind of really taking a look in the mirror about what you're like as a player, what you're like as a student, uh, financially, what, you know, what kind of commitment your family wants to make, uh, for college and kind of what that picture looks like and knowing all that, uh, is just kind of attacking it and going after it. So um, emailing coaches, you know, uh, inviting coaches out to your game, sending out your resume, sending out a, a link to your video, um, and kind of taking those, those 10, 20 schools that you really like and uh, that you, you think are the right fit for you and being aggressive with your uh, approach towards them, you know, it's just kind of um, being consistent with that approach as well. So it's sending emails consistently, checking in with coaches, inviting them out to games consistently. Um, and as a freshman and a sophomore, uh, what's important to remember is that division one coaches cannot really, uh, engage with you about if they want to take the recruiting a step further. So they can't really make you a scholarship offer. They can't really break your game down. They can't really, um, engage with you, you know, invite you to campus, things like that beyond like come to our camp, you know, here's some generic information about the college. So as a freshman, sophomore, I think you're, recruiting cycle, your process might move slow, but I think it's moving slow for a lot of people. For a junior here in about two weeks, June 15th, um, is when division one coaches can start to reach out to you and then things can really start to move. You can get invited to campus, 
They can make you scholarship offers. They can, you know, tell you what they like about your game. They can, you know, go back and forth with you about, you know, specifics about their program. Um, so that's why I say it really depends on where you're at within the cycle. Now, like Division three and Division two coaches kind of have a different set of restrictions on them. So uh, Division three coaches can reach out to you as early as your freshman year. So that's kind of why this process can be a, a, a difficult one to navigate. Some of those rules that the coaches have on them and how different your freshman, sophomore year can be from your junior, senior year. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Um, what are some of the biggest success stories you know of, of kids getting recruited by colleges? Big, biggest success stories. Wow. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's uh, one that really sticks out to me is like when I was at Wake Forest, um, obviously Wake Forest is one of the uh, premier destinations in the country, you know, fantastic facilities, great uh, education, you know, fantastic job placement. Um, they won a national championship in 2007. They've been on the men's side. Uh, they've been to, um, you know, multiple final fours. They've won ACC championships. So beautiful part of the country, just great things you can say about it. So there's a lot of interest in Wake Forest. Um, the other part I'll mention right away is that like, I, I hear from a lot of families and, and players that they think it's too late. Like they haven't been offered a scholarship and it's too late because maybe a teammate got offered a scholarship or, you know, that June 15th, when you're a junior, that day comes when you can finally get contacted yet emails don't come. And then a couple more months go on and emails don't come. So people start to take a look in the mirror and they're like, Oh, you know, my process is over. I'm not good enough. Coaches aren't reaching out to me whatever. But this story, when I was at Wake Forest, we took a, a trip to Germany as a staff for some coaching education. And while we were there, uh, we got on a Zoom call. Or I think it was actually a phone call. I don't even know if we did Zoom back then, but it was, uh, you know, we just got on a phone call with a player from Spain whose father actually played for Barcelona. And uh, this trip was taking place in June. So, you know, late, late in the recruiting cycle for a senior in high school in Spain. And, you know, some money had opened up because a couple of players had decided to go professional early. So there were some scholarships available. Uh, we watched video on the player. Another staff member went over and saw the player play from Germany. Uh, we went and, you know, saw him play in Spain, you know, very quickly. We saw the player play and then we offered him a full scholarship. So um, it's something I say it for a couple of reasons. A, it's never too late if you're a good enough player. And if money had opened up, you never know, you know, what part of the cycle you're in or what money has opened up or how their the specific uh, program, how that, that money situation for them has changed. And if you're a good enough player, there's always going to be options for you. You know, there's always going to be options. It might not happen on your timetable, but there's always going to be options. Uh, another really good one that I, I like to mention is, uh, you know, a kid named Juan Benavidez that I worked with at DC my first year here with the U19 team. And um, Juan had kind of had like, a, you know, he had a, a rough family life where, you know, he wasn't always living with his family, um, his immediate family at home with mom and dad and just kind of was, was living with a family that um, was kind of had kind of taken him in and was helping him to kind of push through high school and just really supported him in different ways. And Juan was just like a go-getter, like constantly on me about the recruiting process, sending me emails, copying me on emails, sitting down with me, wanted to know, you know, what, what coaches he could talk to, how he could get coaches out to his game, you know, fighting into starting lineups, things like that. 
and you know Juan like financially college was going to be very difficult for him um but he was able to get to apply for uh to go to college at Radford and he only you know he ended up paying only like five thousand dollars a year to go here and like you see the odds that are stacked up against him you're like you're not going to go to college you know like you, if, I think it was easy for him to say that easy for people to say to stereotype him in a lot of ways to say you're not going to be able to make it through college to even get there to to pay for it you know things like that but like here's a kid who now an entire college degree is going to cost him less than one year probably at what Radford would cost or you know some schools cost three times that uh for one year, you know, so here's a kid who he applied, he got scholarships, he got athletic money, he's starting now on the team, uh, and it's just a really cool story. Awesome, awesome. Um, so you had mentioned emailing coaches. One of the players was curious what things they should include in that email to catch the coach's eye and, and get them seen by the coaches. Yeah, I think um, you have to keep in mind how many emails these coaches are getting on a daily basis and how many players are just like you and are, are hungry to, to get to the school just like you are. Um, so that's the first thing to keep in mind. Um, knowing that, I think you want to give the, the coach the information he needs, but also um, be very you know um, brief with your email. So if it's a novel and he has to read it, I think it's going to be difficult for him um, you know, to, to, to sift through what he needs to, to get the information. So you don't need to tell him every club you've played for. You don't need to tell him every, every uh, goal that you've ever scored. And, and you don't need to tell him, you know, uh, what other schools are, are recruiting you and why. So you don't need the life story in every email. Um, I think you need to say the simple things of, here's what I like about the college. Here's why I want you to like me. You know, I think I'm a good player you know, include a video link. I think you can also, if you put together like a really good college soccer resume that includes all of your academic information, who you played for within the last couple of years, uh, you know, GPA, test scores, um, and it can even have your video link within it. Uh, name of the high school, name of the club, jersey numbers for, for each. Um, I think that you can attach that to your college soccer emails and it can limit the body of the text. So you don't have to put a lot of those things in the actual email uh, if you just attach the resume. So that's one trick. But I think that the balance is always giving the coach what they need to get them out to your games or to express your interest, um, but also not holding the coach up because he's, he's a very busy guy. That's great advice. Um, so one of the players was talking about how reaching out as a freshman and sophomore and junior is important on your end. He was curious if you had some insight onto how important a player's personality is in the recruiting process and whether there's any kind of ratio between skill, leadership, dedication, those things, how they play in. Yeah, I think your personality is one of the, one of the biggest, um, you know, factors in a lot of ways, you know, obviously what you do on the field is one of, one of the biggest, right? If not the biggest. Um, what's the impact you, you have with your high school, with your club, with your ODP team, whatever it might be. Um, so they, they, they're looking at that impact and they're saying, we think he's going to make a similar impact with our team. We're hoping he's going to come in and play this role. So there's that. But once they talk to you and they start to get to know you, your personality is going to come out. So it's like, how professional are you with, 
emailing them back? How quickly do you text or email or, or return a call back? Uh, these are all personality traits. It's who you are. It's what makes you tick. Um, you know, what are you like on the phone? When a coach calls you to catch up, how, you know, are you talkative? Are you, you know, do you, are you just kind of sit there and you give one word answers? Um, is there distractions in the background? You know, your dog barking, you're talking to your sister, you're talking to your, your, your buddies because you're at the mall and you couldn't just, you know, get away to have a 10 minute conversation with the coach. Um, you know, do you never return the call when they say, Hey, I'd like to talk you, talk to you tonight, or there's a, a call planned and you miss it. Um, things like that, I think are your personality. And then it's like, you know, how intelligent are you? Like, what do you know about the, the university? What do you know about the soccer program? What do you know about the, the, the roster and the coaches? So how willing are you to, uh, to do the work and uh, show that you, you actually care about the school that you're interested in? So those are always the players that interested me the most were the ones that like they came into the office or on the phone call and they had questions prepared. They did their homework and they said, coach, you know, I, I know you coached at this school before you got here. What are the differences between the schools and what do you like about me as a player? So they really almost challenged me as the coach because they were so prepared. Um, I think that's a personality trait that can come through. Certainly, like if you're a funny guy, you use your sense of humor, like you let your sense of humor shine through in the right way uh, at the right times. You know, if you're charismatic, let it shine through because you're, you're going to they want to get to know you. They want to get to know you and they want the players to get to know you the other coaches to get to know you're going to be a member of the campus community for four years. So it's like, who are they getting? They're going to really dig in and ask your coaches what your personality is like. And, um, you know, really try to vet you through the recruiting process. And I think your personality on the field too. It's like, how competitive are you? How much do you care about winning? Um, how do you treat refs and opponents? What type of respect do you treat them with? How do you treat your teammates? Like those are personality traits that are coming out, even though they're on the field. Yeah, that's awesome. And as I'm listening to talk about that, it's funny just how similar that is to what those same kids are going to need to do when they're applying for their first job out of college. And you show up to a job interview prepared and you know more information than is just on the homepage of the company, but you dig a little bit deeper now you might be a little bit more likely to get that job as opposed to somebody who shows up completely unprepared, unmotivated, late. Uh, and there's a huge parallel there. So oh, yeah. And, and I'll also say if there's, if there's two players that are both interested in the same school, you know, player A, player B, what's going to be the thing that pushes, pushes the one into the program or gets the scholarship over the other. You know, if this kid is never answering calls, but this kid is always responsive, his stock's going to go up a little bit. If this kid, you know, gets three red cards, the games that the coach came out to watch, and this kid is a squeaky clean picking kids up when they, you know, there's a bad tackle or whatever, it's like, the, the, it's going to tilt eventually. So how can your personality help to tilt things in, in your favor? And college coaches are always watching, or they know somebody who's watching, or, you know, they know somebody who knows somebody who's watching. So and your coaches or, you know, me as like a college recruiting consultant or a coach for DC United, our name is on the line. So if I say, ah, he's a good kid, you don't want to, you know, he'll be fine. And I know it's a lie. I know your true character is going to come out when you get there, you know, and, and then it's going to reflect poorly on me. So 
coaches are going to give an honest uh, opinion whenever necessary. And I think sometimes I know me personally, I can give a brutally honest opinion of, yeah, you're going to want to talk to that kid for these reasons. You're going to want to talk to him about this, this, and this. I don't think he'll be a good fit for you for these reasons, but you're welcome to, to interview him. So I think coaches have to be that honest to protect their own reputation and maintain relationships with college coaches. Very much so, because then when you have the one kid that actually fits really well and the coach hasn't heard of them and you push them through, they trust you as opposed to you're trying to promote every single player that asked for your help and you fail to raise the red flags that have been raised for you. Well, you're exactly right. You lose that reputation. So that, that's really fantastic advice. Um, one of the players wanted to know uh, what can set you apart when making a highlight reel? Yeah, I think being a good player, it's a simple answer. You know, like being a, a, being a guy that sticks out on the video. So how, uh, you know, what's the quality of the video like in terms of the, what are the quality of your actions like? Uh, do they get attention or are they just kind of like, you know, just kind of going through the motions, you know, like what type of energy do you have in the video? I would certainly put your best highlights first. Uh, you know, I would include any, I think in, including anything from ninth grade on is appropriate. I don't, you know, I don't think seventh grade highlights are appropriate, you know, and I think you start with like the clips from this year or the last couple of years. And as you get more game clips, you either add on to it or you put the better ones in and you delete the old ones. So uh, I think you can always change that video. Um, I think just like good editing, you know, so you either know how to do it yourself, find somebody that knows how to do it, pay them because it is a very good investment to have a good video. Uh, I think a video that annotates who you are in the video. So like a little circle or a little red spotlight or you know, just making it very clear in the email, I'm number 23, I'm the right back in the video. You just don't want to make it hard on the college coach because he's got too much stuff to do and he can't, you know, be squinting at the film trying to figure out who you are. Um, if your parents are filming it, it's like film close to the player so you, we, he can be identified, but also far enough away that we can see the play build up. Uh, I would also say like the lag time before the clip and after the clip. So you want to have enough time to see the play build up, but then we don't need to see the, the 25 or 30 seconds after you shoot and miss and the goalkeepers in the, in the woods looking for the ball. So know how to edit the clip. You know, you guys are all good enough with Instagram and video and phone recordings. Like you can figure it out. So, um, you know, I think you just want to make it look clean three to five minutes, keep it three to five minutes, short and sweet. And awesome. also include like your, academic information, your club information, your contact email and cell. I think those are big ones as well. Awesome. Awesome. Um, one of the kids was wondering what truly separates a division one player from a division two or three player other than skill level. Yeah, that's a really sensitive subject for me. Um, because like, I don't think you can just say I'm going to go play division one soccer. And I don't think you can say I'm not good enough. So I'm going to go play division three soccer. Um, and you know, you might be set on like, I'm a division one athlete. That's fine. If, you, if that's a goal of yours, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, make you not accomplish your goal. I'm just telling you, if you say you're just a division one athlete, you're going to miss out on some really, uh, cool opportunities that are out there and possibly the, the right fit for you. 
So you want to just keep that in mind of keeping all your options open and really looking into as many options as possible uh, until you find the right fit. And I think the right fit might not always be a division one school. There's also like a lot of division three schools, pro soccer programs that could beat division one programs. So like the top end and certainly, uh, you know, the ones that are competitive every single year in division three, uh, could beat a lot of division one programs that are maybe at the bottom end, you know, so, and it's soccer, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. So again, soccer is a, is a, is a big part of your college recruiting process and why you make your decision, but it's not all of it. Um, so if you talk about just like the top end of division one, in theory, it's the best players. That's what separates them. You're one of the best players in the country you know, you're, you're one of the most highly recruited players in the country. If you just talk about like the top 50 of division one. Um, but you also have to keep in mind, like how global college soccer is now. There's players from France, from different parts of Africa, from, you know, Brazil, uh, all parts of, of Asia, South America. So it's like, you, ha you really have to be like one of the best players in the world. It's like, that's what it comes down to. So you might not want to hear that, but that's how competitive it really is now. Um, so you have to be a very good player. Uh, I think you also have to be committed and have that mentality to compete every day to, you know, basically you get a, a scholarship as like a contract. So you have to be willing to uh, fight for that contract and, you know, show why you're worth it and know that it's competitive there and, you know, no playing time is guaranteed. But like, there's also, it's so competitive at top division three schools. And that's what a lot of people have to remember. And like the level at these top division three schools is incredible. Um, so that's why it's dangerous, I think, to say, well, uh, he's a division one player or no, nah, he's a division three player. It, you, you can't do it. You know, the more I'm, I'm around the game, I'm convinced of that. And the more um, I see the disparity from a top division one program to a, a team that's struggling in division one, uh, there's a big, there's a big gap there. I, I truly want to thank you for that answer. And just, just for my own sanity, did I have any conversation with you at all before this asking you to say certain, certain things? It's the most we've talked ever. So yeah, right. we just kind of met each other really. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm so, I'm so grateful to you and I'm so excited that somebody from across the country has, has that opinion as well. Uh, thanks man. That, that, that was awesome. Um, what, do you, what do you recommend the student athlete focus upon when choosing a list of their top programs that they'd like to play for? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, again, you got to remember how many pieces there are to the puzzles is what I like to say. So uh, if soccer is the most important piece, then make a soccer decision. You know, that, that should be 51% of your decision. Maybe it's 75% of your decision. I don't know. Um, but like, I would always recommend making a balanced decision. This is the school that uh, is going to get me the best uh, education. This is a school where it's going to be the most competitive, where I'm going to play a good role on the soccer team. They also have a great internship program. Their job placement rate is through the roof. So it's, for me, it's got to be a collection of all of that. Um, but I think if you just focus on the soccer side, what is your role going to be on the team? So again, if you say, I, I want to play Division I soccer, I'll play anywhere. And you go and you, you, you somehow get onto, you know, Georgetown, who just won the national championship on the men's side. And, um, and you don't play a minute and you never dress a game. How happy will you be? You're, you're a division 
Division One athlete you're playing for the national team that just won the national championship. But what is your role? If you're going to constantly struggle to break in because the level's above you, um, my guess is you're not going to be happy with the soccer side of your experience. If all you want is an experience, go for it. But to me, it's, it's like, what is your role going to be on the team? And you should know that through the recruiting process, how often a coach calls you, how much attention they give you, how, how well they can define your role, um, things like that. I think you want to look for a good coaching staff, a, a coaching staff that you believe in and that you trust, um, that says they're going to be there for a few years. Obviously, things could change. Um, I think you want to look for an athletic department that has good resources, so facilities, you know, it's a healthy athletic department with multiple uh, sports. Um, you know, I think you want to look for a, a program that has some history. So, you know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of different ways to skin it. The other side of it is like go after a program that's brand new because you know there's going to be opportunities there for you and you know that you're going to have a chance to play and compete. So uh, what is important to you? So there's a lot, of, a lot of kids that will say, I'm at Virginia for the academic prestige and I want to I want a degree from Virginia and I'm also a really good soccer player you know and it's like but for me it was like I, I want Virginia for Virginia the, the academic side and there's the same kids at Virginia that are like oh I didn't know Virginia was a good school I just wanted to come here and ball it's like they don't everybody's a different side of that um, and you got to decide where you're at and kind of what's going to be best for you so uh, th those puzzle pieces are going to be different for every single, every single person. The other one is think about your future. So if you're going to take out $100,000 in debt just to go play Division I soccer, um, you know, there's going to be consequences for that. You know, there's gonna, it's gonna, life is difficult, man, when you get on the outside and you have to, you got a house and a family and you're trying to pay bills and you're still paying for, you know, student loans and things like that. So you want to make a mature decision. Great. Anything specific a goalkeeper should have in their video that's look, looked at by coaches? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think you want to show how good of a, a football player you are. So how do you build out of the back? How do you play through lines, different type, different range of passing, certainly the big saves, you know, what are your hands like? Um, I would leave the goals out of it personally but uh, that's up to you. Um, you know, I think also like if you can show in some clips you actually talking and motioning guys in and how you organize, uh, I think that'd be a big one. Uh, there's some really cool tools out there, you know, like I think it'd be really cool to have a goalkeeper mic'd up in a game. And like, it's, if I'm a coach and I see that clip, I'm like, wow, that's really cool. Like I can hear him in the match linked to the video and if you're not over the top, it's a really cool thing. You know, I, I, I think different stuff is really cool. Um, so, you know, I think seeing you, again, in the buildup of there's a counter, your team loses the ball, and the film is watching you the whole time of how you tuck guys in, what your positioning is like, how that changes as the ball comes back. Uh, I think that'd be really cool. So uh, I'm not a fan of training clips, even for a goalkeeper. I want to see you in the game. Um, and for everybody, I would stay away from full games until the coach asks, he'll tell you when he needs to see more. So yeah, I'd say big saves distribution, um, and do something cool. Awesome. Awesome. Any specific advice on how to navigate the next amount of time during COVID for the recruiting process? 
yeah, I think I've had this question a lot. I've done like 10 of these um, webinars and it, it always comes up. So uh, I think you have such a good opportunity right now to do your research, right? Like you can research all the schools that you are interested in um, and you can be really intentional with looking at the academic side. What do they offer your major? What's the job placement uh, rate like? What are the internships like? What's the surrounding city like? Like what's the campus life like? Um, you know, what, what's, what are the finances like? Uh, you can take this time to actually apply. So you can, there's a really cool tool called the Common Application. You can use the Common Application to uh, fill out kind of generic information once, your name, your address, uh, the things you would constantly input to multiple schools. And then you can just bomb it out to everybody uh, after inputting that information once and it can save you a lot of time. So you can apply, you can research the actual program. You can watch probably a game or clips on YouTube of the actual team playing. And I think for a lot of you, if you watch that team play, you might sit back and go, holy smokes, I thought I could play at that level. That's actually pretty intense, you know? So it's being honest with yourself as you watch those clips. Um, and then you can contact coaches. Again, they're, they're in a dead period right now. All that means is that they can't get out and see you play. They, you can't come and visit them on campus. So you can still email them. And I think this is one of your best opportunities you will ever have to get your video watched because there is not much else they can do right now. So this is one of your best opportunities to say, here's my top 10 schools. I'm going after the coaches. Here's my, here's my video link. Will you watch it? You know, so there's, you can look at this as a challenging time and like uh, let it crush you or you can take it, you know, and, and you can really get something out of it um, by thinking about things you can still control. So, uh, you know, you're probably not going to be the guy that finds the, the, uh, the cure for COVID and you're not going to be the guy that, that you know, is going to stop all the protests and things like that, but like control what you can control until the world gets back to normal. So send out the video, make your resume better, clip your video, ask for more clips, communicate with college coaches, uh, and just, you know, really go after it. You can also take virtual tours. That's a really big one. So you can take a virtual tour of almost any campus in the country. Um, and like, if you live next door to the University of Michigan, drive through the campus. There doesn't have to be people there for you to get a good vibe about what the school is like. So if you haven't been on campus and there's a campus five minutes from your house, go to the campus, drive through it with your parents, and you will get a vibe. You either will like it or you won't. It doesn't have to be life on the campus for you to, uh, to like really um, make a decision, yes or no. Player asked if you would suggest making an NCAA account. Like a, the eligibility center? NCAA eligibility center? Fredo, can you be a little bit more specific? Uh, like, I was just looking on their website, uh, like, what, like, it's, like, ask you to, like, pay for it. Is that, like, worth it or no? Well, you're going to get to a point where if you want to play Division One um, and Division Two, you're going to have to go through what they call the NCAA Eligibility Center. So it's basically something to prove that you did not play professionally, you've never been paid, and just kind of getting some background information on you as an athlete. Uh, so if a lot, of pla a lot of places will make you do that even before you – take an official visit uh, to campus. So that's going to be a step you're going to have to take. It might be like 40 bucks, 100 bucks, something like that. But that's going to be a step you're going to have to take care of. So 
if it's for the eligibility center, yes. I don't know uh, what else the account would be for. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, that's what it is. That's what it is. Okay, yeah, I, you, I would do it then if you want to play, uh, you're thinking about playing at one of those two levels. It might okay. be free. Yeah, it might be free now. No, they, they still have the rates on. Okay. Um, Griff asks if NCSA and recruitment programs like that actually improve your chances of getting recruited? That's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think, again, if you're a good player, yes, you know. So think about it. If, you know, Messi had his profile in NCSA and he bombed it out and a coach opened it and the coach was like, holy cow, this guy's incredible. Uh, he'd probably get some love. You know, uh, I think it's about getting the coach to watch the video. So, you know, if NCSA or Recruit Shoot or any of these others, um, you know, you'd have to maybe talk to them through the process about how they are getting, how they are specifically communicating with the college coaches and how they are getting the information to the coach uh, what the open rate is like of those emails, how many coaches are actually clicking and watching the full video. Uh, and my challenge to you would be like, why can't you just send the, the email to the coach yourself? You know, so, um, you know, I, I talk to the, that if you want to, you're interested in one of those programs, then it becomes um, what is your response rate like versus mine? If I just send an email to the coach myself and all it says is I'm Griffin, here's my video. I play for Michigan lightning. I graduate in, you know, 2022. Here's my information. If you like it, you know, how is that different than what they're going to do for you? That would be my challenge from you that I would suggest from you to them. Um, you know, and I don't know a, a whole lot about uh, those programs and, and how they actually, you know, how successful they are with that. Um, I can only speak on my own experience as a college coach and from coaches that I've talked to. I know when I was a coach, when that video came through, sometimes I watched it, sometimes I didn't. I relied a lot more on the players that I had gone out and seen on the field, and especially the ones that I saw live, because it's, it's just more human. I can see you on the field, I can hear you, I can see you live, I can, I can talk to you, um, things like that. I think NCSA has a lot of uh, pros, right? Like your information's right there, you know, uh, academic information, your school, GPA, SAT, all that stuff is typically right there, your contact information. So if, versus if I just go to a, a field and I like a kid, I got to dig a little bit, you know, if they, there's not, not like somebody there passing out brochures with all the information I need. So there's pros and cons to it. I think uh, it just comes down to how does each coach view that? And I think you're going to have different views on that. Some coaches, when that NCSA email comes in, click, delete, please stop emailing me. I don't want these. And there's going to be other coaches, college coaches, that when they get that, they're going to forward it to another coach and they're going to strip your email and they're going to log you to their camp database. And that's all they care about. And then there's going to be other coaches that when they get that, they're going to, they're going to click it and they're going to read it and they're going to look at the email and they're going to be like, we need any, all the help we can get. We need to see if this kid is good. And there's going to be no stone unturned. So, you know, you, I think as you go through the process, it's like, talk to your, talk to other players, talk to, you know, guys that have played at certain colleges and ask them as well. Like, did you have success with recruit me or NCSA? Like, 
how did you get recruited? Oh, I got found at the Disney showcase. Oh, I got found at high school game. Oh, I got found here. I got found here. How many people are, that you talk to say, I got found through NCSA? I, I, I would probably start there as well. Can you tell us a bit about the consulting that you do, Nate? Yeah, so I run a, uh, a college soccer recruiting um, consulting business called Kish Soccer Placement. Um, just started about two years ago where uh, I just kind of took all the experiences that I've had where kind of each club I worked with, uh, I was kind of always like the college soccer recruiting uh, contact. So I would meet with families and players and kind of do the same thing as answer questions, um, you know, tell them how to go through the uh, process, kind of what my opinions on things were. And, um, you know, that was kind of my role at a lot, a lot of the clubs. On top of that, I coached soccer for seven years, uh, college soccer for seven years at, you know, Wake Forest, Ohio State, Catholic University, uh, Capital University in Columbus, Ohio, where I'm from, uh, Emory and Henry College. So I had a few Division three experiences and then a couple uh, Division one experiences and kind of shaping all that together I felt like I had good experiences to kind of go down this route of if a player and a family are looking for additional resources and more help with the college recruiting process um, I take the player and the family on and just kind of um, will work with them through the process uh, from start to hopefully finish you know uh, it's on an annual basis so obviously if you're a freshman or sophomore your process looks very different than a junior or senior um, but my, my hope with the whole thing is that I can provide value to the player and the parents in a lot of different ways. So if you sign on as a client, we work together, it's, you get an email from a college and you want to know, you know, this is an email about a camp. What do you think? I respond back. I say, I like it. You should probably attend the camp. I think it's a good fit. Uh, I also use my network of coaches that I know to say, take a look at this kid. He's a, he's a really interesting player. I think he'd be a good fit for you. And I think, because I know the coach, I get the time of day, you know, because I have a personal relationship with the coach. Um, I get the time of day from him. Uh, what I also do is I, I review your resume. I review your video. And I say, ah, my opinion on your video is it's too long. Why don't you cut out this, 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 and this? I think your resume is too short. Why don't you add this, this, and this? Um, so I just kind of go through the whole process. And then there's consistency to it where we meet, you know, once a month, uh, every month and a half, whatever it might be on a zoom call, uh, in person, I do a lot of my work here in DC, Maryland, Virginia, uh, just get a coffee or a milkshake with a kid and just kind of catch up. So stuff like that. Beautiful. All right. Well, uh, I'll be sure to get the actual info. So guys that are interested can get a hold of you and I'll, I'll shoot that out to our club for sure. Uh, awesome. so we'll, we'll hook up after and get that. Uh, I had a player who I coach who is going to be a college freshman. And he was wondering what he can do uh, as he enters college, if he's yet to hear from a coach and he's enrolled, what he can expect to hear back if he were to reach out to that coach. The player's enrolled at the college. He wants to stay at the college and he, he'd consider playing there. Yes. Yeah. Uh, really interesting one. Yeah. I think um, it's happened, you know, crazier things have happened in, in all sports and certainly in soccer. So if you look at, um, you know, through history that you, you've seen success stories from that. And it's, again, it's never too late. Timing is, is always, uh, you never know how timing can work in your favor. So my suggestion to him would be to email the assistant coaches, all of them, 
Uh, and, and that's something for everybody here. I would never email a head coach. I would always email assistants because the head coach is very busy. Let the assistants handle the recruiting. But I would email the assistant coaches, all of them. Uh, I would say I'm a, currently enrolled here. I started school this year. I have four years of eligibility remaining. Uh, I'm interested in uh, potentially trying out for the soccer team, or I'm interested in the walk-on process, um, you know, for a current student athlete. Um, and again, you got to kind of start your recruiting process over, include the resume, include the video, um, say, you know, somehow I didn't get recruited. I think I have what it takes. Is there anything open? They might not respond to that email at all. They might respond that day. So if you get a response, keep up the communication for another email or so. And obviously you're on campus. So go to the office and see them, set up a meeting and talk with them make you know attach a face to it show that you're uh, a good person you know um, things like that they can also see your physical profile when you walk through the door so an email they don't know who you are but then you walk through the door if you're a six four goalkeeper you know that it has a massive wingspan you got a duck coming in the door they're gonna all of a sudden probably be very interested so uh, you want to get in front of the coaches and then, you know, I think you just got to show your hunger with your consistency of, can I come out and train? Can I come out and be a, a student manager? Can I just be around the program? Uh, you know, can I just be there to be an extra? Can I join this spring? If they tell you no, keep fighting through it. And that's something for everybody here as well. Like, if you're determined enough, be determined and make a coach tell you no. Like, if that's your dream, then make them tell you no. If you, know, if you get one, one email back or they don't respond and you give up, you don't really care about it enough. So I think his, that player's process isn't that different than a senior's process. Right, right. Um, it, another player was interested if there's any red flags or negatives to be aware of when a coach is talking to you. That's a great one. Um, do they know you as a player? So... You know, if you call and or you cold cold call them or you show up for a visit that they responded back and forth with about about the visit and then you show up and you're just like, man, this guy forgot I was coming today or this guy doesn't know who I am. Or he says, hey, I really liked you the other day. You know, I, I thought you had, you know, the two goals you scored were fantastic. And you're like, coach, I'm a goalkeeper. You know, it's, it's like stuff like that are red flags. Like, do they know you as a player or not? Um, I think also um, you just have to sense if, it, if the coach is a good person, you know, so you're, you're getting to know their personality and who they are just as much as they're getting to know you. So you're vetting them, you're getting to know their personality, you're getting to know uh, how they communicate, things like that uh, are really important for, players and family members. So mom and dad, you can be a terrific resource of as soon as you leave the office and you're in the car heading home. Uh, I really liked him, you know, son, I really liked him. What'd you think? Or I didn't like him, you know, here's why. So I think you can always give your opinion and you can bring a lot of value as a, as a parent from that side of it. Uh, I think it's just always having the balance to let the player make the decisions. So uh, those would be the red flags that stick out to me. You, you kind of just asked with the coaches, right? Yeah, that's how I understood it. Um, Andrew, if, if you want to clarify, maybe, but that, that's how I read your question. The other one is see the coach in the game is, or at practice. If you can go and observe a practice or a game 
what's his coaching personality like. So if he's screaming and yelling and you don't like that, then, you know, don't sign up for it. Uh, uh, you know, if you do visit talk to the players, ask them, what is the coach like? What is the assistant coach like? What's the head coach like? Is the playing time, do you believe it's fair? Uh, do freshmen get a chance to play? Like, you know, you got to ask those questions in that time when you have your time with the players. Great, great. Anybody else have some final questions for Nate, who's been very generous with his time here tonight? All right, well, this was outstanding. Um, it was just such great advice, and I, I really uh, am excited that the guys can start to implement this right away. Uh, I'm sure some will be reaching out to you. Uh, so let's, uh, let's just hook up after so you get me the contact information that, that they need to do so. And uh, we'll be firing this out to the club. But thanks for uh, hopping on Zoom. It's funny to get you across the country. But uh, that's pretty sweet, man. Uh, one yeah, of the yeah, benefits of COVID. <laughs> yeah absolutely that's the uh that's the beauty of this time right now you can connect with anybody and we all got a lot of time on our hands so uh i appreciate the uh the time from you guys and the invitation and um you know let me know if i can help with anything and uh you know shoot me a dm if you just have a, a simple question as well so uh you know again it's kish soccer placement on instagram if i can help in any way or if you're interested in going forward with uh more let me know all right thanks nate but thanks thanks guys take care stay safe